Welcome to Wonks and War Rooms, where political communication theory meets on-the-ground strategy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Dubois, and I'm an associate professor at the University of Ottawa. My pronouns are she, her. Today, I'm recording from the traditional and unceded territory of the Algonquin people. And today, we're talking about political satire with Tim Fontaine. Tim, can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I'm uh, Tim Fontaine, and I'm a uh, former journalist. I was a journalist for 20 years, I think, off and on. And uh, in 2017, I started a website called Walking Eagle News, which is a satirical parody account of, uh, of Canadian and Indigenous journalism. And uh, I kind of transferred my journalism skills into doing that, mixing comedy and journalism. Abe from the Saging Birth Nation. Thank you. I am so excited to talk to you about what satire is. So we'll start off with the kind of academic definition here, and we'll see whether or not that fits with what Walking Eagle News is and how you kind of see your role in this political sphere. Um, so, so satire at its base is, you know, humorous social criticism. It often uses laughter or and, and joking to kind of diminish or make fun of a subject, in this case, political subjects. Uh, so that could be a politician, a corporation, political party, you name it. Um, you know, they do this through disdain, amusement, indignation, uh, and irony and sarcasm are very common kind of hallmarks of this kind of uh, political communication. The idea of political satire is to provide an audience with a different perspective to understand what the dominant narratives are and and highlight gaps in what might be dominant discourses. So is that fit with what you understand political satire to be, first off? Yes, that sounds sounds about right. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page. And so one of the big things about political satire that that in academia people are grappling with is should we think about this as news political information should we think about it as entertainment should we think about it as advocacy what are your thoughts on that i think it's a bit of all of it i think it depends it depends on the story right like sometimes um what i do is i guess advocacy because in some ways it's sort of like it's telling the powers that be, this is what this feels like. When, when you say that, this is how I interpret it. This is how it feels. And so in some ways, yeah, it's, it's advocacy. And, and I'm glad that people get a laugh out of it. But it's funny. Like some, a lot of the stuff that I do is not overtly funny. It's not like, it's not ha-ha funny. I always joke that it's sort of like, it's like ha-ha, you know, like it's got a weird sort of... <laughs> thing to it and so in some ways it's um it's using sort of grim humor to to make a point about them right so uh, yeah i think it could be all of those things i just think it really it depends on how your because in many ways satire and news parody is a reflection of whatever's happening right so sometimes all i do is just torque things some of the headlines real headlines are, are actually quite strange yeah yeah and and noticing you know how some of the dominant narratives and the way that stories are expected to be told, sometimes if you don't question it, it's like, oh yeah, that's fine and normal. And then uh, and then all of a sudden we're down this rabbit hole. And it's like, why is this normal? This shouldn't be normal. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like media has a way of, of whether they mean it or not of normalizing things, right? Um, and sometimes it's, it's also the way 
the language of news is very funny because although media, their whole reason for being is to spread information to the public, they often do it using a language that the public doesn't understand. Right. Certain ways that they write things that sort of like, that's not how people talk and that's not how we describe things, right? It's a really strange thing. And I, I, I to this day, and I was a journalist for, for many, many years, and, and I did it too. And and I often think back about like I, I still don't know why we did that and why we continue to yeah. do that, right? Like journalism is a funny thing. And I'm not into this whole like they're the enemy or whatever. Because I, you know, I, I, I believe in journalism. Yeah. And, you know, from the kind of media studies perspective, we think a lot and talk a lot about how there are these expected structures for pieces, expected yes. types of languages that journalists are taught to follow. And that's one of the ways that you ensure like trust and yes. and you build credibility. And those are important things. But if you fall too far into those kinds of standards, then you sometimes can kind of get lost in the weeds of them and yes. miss the connection out to the community. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a slippery thing. And so, like, media is grappling with a lot of things right now because the world is changing and because communication is changing and, and people's appetites are changing, right? That I don't think anybody knows. But in some ways, media feels like they're still trying to hold on to those old ways of doing things, right? What it's like, you know, you wonder why people don't consume news the same anymore. Um, but it's sort of like there's a lot of figuring out that we happen right now and I just think that we're not we're not there yet. I don't think anybody has 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 hit it yet. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like yeah, like you talk about politics. Like I think the relationship between media and government and politicians is still very funny, right? Like it's it's still too often journalists and news organizations take for granted everything that they say. Or take it as fact, even sometimes, right? Right. There's some fact check, but I think for the most part, there's still a lot of a lot of just sort of repeating what it is that they said, when as opposed to analyzing it, telling people, like that. I mean, one of the like again, I think about the language of news and the language of politicians. You will never hear a headline saying he's lying, like just that, just that right. statement, right? This is a lie, like that. The entire Trump administration never once, I think, did anyone ever say. Trump lied. They, you know, they they find these funny ways of sort of I can't even remember what it was. Like, like even just like that term, factually incorrect. Like, just say he's lying, especially in a situation like that, or 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 to say that something is racist. Like, media don't say. I think only in the past couple of years have media uh, come around to say that something is racist. And again, like I, we had a lot of. I, I always say we, even though walking is just me. But it it's sort of like the way they got around saying, you know. Was, was perceived as racist or it was or quote unquote racist racially tinged I mean, that was one of the funniest things i ever read was something was racially tinged it's like what does that mm -hmm. even mean like just say it's racist yeah yeah efforts to find kind of balance and efforts to to not be perceived as bias can can mean that like you're not being direct in what yes. you're saying yeah and that can be challenging yeah. um whereas i guess political satire and parody have the advantage that you know nobody's assuming that there is going to be no perspective in that yeah. work off the get-go right like there is an assumption from the base of it that there will be some sort of perspective with what is being yeah. said 
yeah, and often there there isn't, right? And there, I think there's lots of reasons for that too. I mean, journalists are under incredible pressure now in ways I think they never were before, right? Like my lifetime in journalism, I saw, you know, you had you had all of these silos, right? Where it was yeah. like there was the and even within those silos, they had their own silos. And by that, I mean, like, there would have been a crime guy, you know, or a reporter that had the crime beat. I keep saying guy, but I mean, that, and that's also what it was like, too. you know, and then, and they worked only for TV and they may have had another crime person that worked for radio and then another one for print. And then now one reporter can be all of those things on any, and also be an expert in whatever it is that's the news of the day. So, it's it's you could understand. I'm not making excuses for it, but you can see why things like that happen. Then why the rise of the government or the police or the corporate or whatever the spokesperson has become such an thing, right? Where it's like, here's the information you want, you do whatever you want with it. Right? Just try and make us look good. Like that's that's that sort of transaction that mm-hmm. I use now. Whereas before it was very much a sort of like well, I don't believe you. That's too easy. You know what I mean? Like, if you give me yeah. all of this information, I'm going to treat that suspicion. But you don't see that anymore because now it's sort of like <laughs> they just take it as is. information is information, right? Yeah. I'm not saying all of them are like that, but you see a lot of that, right? They just sort of take the word of whoever it is that's saying. Right. And then there's in this kind of media environment that we've got where there's like just so many options for where to get information. Yes. Everybody's creating their own little habits. They've all got their own little diets. This brings me to the next question I had for you. How do you see satire or have you thought about how satire fits into somebody's wider political information and like media diet? Yeah, and I think it's like, uh, it's to me, it's no different than sort of a slap of news, right? Like, you know, you can say that there's left-wing news and right-wing news and mm-hmm. green news and this sort of thing. And I, I think it's no different than that because a lot of what Walking Eagle News does, because not all of it is political. I mean, usually when it comes to politics, reflection and a response to something real, something that's happened or something that continues to happen. Satire, I think, is no different than that. It's another way of interpreting, clarifying, because I think like yeah. of, of clarifying whatever it is that happens, because I think a lot of satire and a lot of parody and a lot of these things that are doing it, that's what it's doing for you is it's interpreting that story and showing you it in a, in a sort of different way. Often, I think, the funniest ones are the ones where they just sort of they, they tear away everything else from that story and just show you this this is what that is actually happening. The uh the cop that murdered George Floyd, right? Like like that that headline, ours was I can't remember specifically what it was, but when when that officer was found guilty, a officer was found guilty, I think he said yeah. man seen murdering man found guilty. And that's really what it was, right? Where like mm-hmm. How did you have to have a trial? Uh, you know, but yet there were headlines that were far more convoluted than that. And so, yeah, I just I kind of like non-news people's ability to have through all of that right. to say what. Right? And I think that's why, like, I even at the time of the rise of sort of the Daily Show and stuff like that in the states during the Bush administration and you know all these other wars and the Onion, where I remember reading because I was I was still a real journalist, and I remember reading some article or some things by somebody saying like that that that's where people are getting news. At the time, I thought this is unreal. Like, how do you? Why do you? But now I I understand. Right now, now that I'm on the other side, I can see why. Yeah, absolutely. There is a place for it, right? As long as it's done properly, because I mean, everything has a spin and everything has a slant. 
So yeah. why is this any different? Yeah, and being explicit about it and, and having the knowledge that going in, like this this is going to have a slant and that's the point, right? Like that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of clarity can be really yeah. helpful for people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really believe that now. And part of it is because you don't want to, you know, yeah. modesty or whatever. But like, you know, I remember hearing that people were using Walking Eagle News as a part of curriculum. Right? Mm-hmm. And it was included in that, which I thought was like, don't do that. <laughs> but I mean, whatever, right? Like the, now you realize, okay, well, it's all it is, is just, a, it's no different than, than a book or a magazine or an article or whatever it is. Yeah. I like to think about the various kinds of political information that all get kind of like sprinkled into a person's daily diet, right? Like just because you follow Walking Eagle or any other satirical or parody kind of source doesn't mean that's the only way you ever engage with political information yeah 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 it's just one part of of your whole outlook because it's the same with with me and a lot of people that i know like we don't get our news from one or at least i hope yeah ideally nobody is going to just one single source (laughs) yeah 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 because then it's like what are you why are you letting somebody do that (laughs) like i just think yeah but yeah um but I, on the other hand, I mean, there were people, I think about like my dad's day or my mom's day, like not that long ago in the 80s, where like my dad would read the newspaper and then he would watch whatever it was on. That was how he saw the world. You know, and there was nothing, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you a little bit about some of the, some of the critiques, I guess, of relying too heavily or like the fears associated when people are like seeing you know the late night comedy shows all of a sudden become popular you know so one of the worries is that uh critiquing political structures too much makes people not trust those structures anymore (laughs) yeah i mean you shouldn't anyways that's why again when i talking earlier about the role of the spokesperson i mean there was a time when there weren't necessarily like how we how reporters interacted with the police was very much one on one, and you had sources, or you would go ask them, or you would do all of these things, right? And then they set up these processes that controlled that flow of information in a way that hadn't been done before. Now, and so you went from people reporters having to dig and having to talk to people and having to find all of these things, try and get a story. To where once a day uh, a designated police officer stands there and gives information that he's decided he can give, right? Like, right. and reporters, uh, I wasn't there when that system changed, but I think like reporters went along with that, right? Where and then now that's that's the reality where it's like the only the, you know that person that police officer will only tell us the information that that they deem fit to do so right like it's a really sort yeah. of frustrating thing and that's sort of like how the world is now right and so that's like it's just even in this world where we have access to phones and we have access to all of this information so very much of the information we get is sort of catered to us or not catered to us but sort of controlled in how we get it right so that's kind of frustrating and there's still that thing about trust like you can see why right like like that 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 also erodes trust you realize like yeah. What, what are you not telling us then, right? You know, you're giving us these little bits, but what are you not telling? When you see a reporter ask this person this question, or more even perhaps even more frustratingly, when a reporter doesn't ask the question. Yeah. Again, that whole thing about the way uh, press conferences are 
problem, right? Because people only get one question in the follow-up. Well, they'll ask a direct question. Oftentimes, the politician, whoever it is, won't answer that question. And all the other reporters just move on because they want to get their question in or they, or they don't have their follow-up question. Right? Yeah. That's incredibly frustrating. So, you you know, again, that's why if there is mistrust of, of politicians or of government or of any establishment, they've done that to them. Right. It's not the it's not the fault of satire that there is no, this mistrust. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm yeah. kind of hearing from you is that, you know, satire and other forms of comedic commentary, like you get to avoid being stuck in those structures, right? Like like traditional yes. journalists, you want to press pass, you have to follow the rules and and to a certain extent we do need rules to allow for any sort of consistent flow of information but having people on the outside who have this other format for also making political commentary is really useful and like the point is to point out when these structures are bad and problematic yes yeah 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 i mean it it, it does have value part of any healthy society i think is to have people that say i don't agree with that and here's why right yeah i mean there's a history of that and you know Nobody's going to behead me now because <laughs> because I've said you know something about yeah. government, right? You know, but it, it's also it's harder to be heard. Yeah, harder to be heard when there's all of these different avenues. Like people have to choose you. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? So I mean, the, and all media is going through that now. What do you think makes people choose Walking Eagle or or other forms of satire? Again, I think it's just the ability to sort of say, like, because a lot of people will contact me after and say, like, that's that's how I felt reading that news, right? Right. I think that's what it is. It's just sort of people like that somebody is sort of cutting through all of the noise. That's that's my biggest takeaway. I think I've I've only yeah. and I've really only come to that realization last little while is that it's almost like interpreting. That's and I think that's the value in it. Yeah. And and again, I think it's because it's from, you know, talk about oversimplifying, but it's from the indigenous perspective. My perspective as an Anishinaabe man in this country, this is how I feel looking at them. I share them and, and a lot of other indigenous people and a lot of other people in general have agree with. Them. Yeah. That relatability seems so key, so essential. And it's interesting to see how that sort of like relatability paired with a shared past experience that you feel with whoever the the author is in this case you as the the author um and then and then layering on that sort of humor or that sort of like make you chuckle but then make you question (laughs) right like that's that's not a thing that is necessarily a goal of a lot of mainstream media and so yeah that was i think that was the thing was that when it first started it was very deadpan and very sort of remember people saying it was gentle it wasn't as sharp and direct as it is now right like in the beginning when i started it it's i was doing it anonymously and i didn't really know what i was doing on on jokes and it wasn't until later much later in the past little while where i've gotten really angry at right like i'm angry at at politics i'm angry at police i'm angry at all things um Walking Eagle sort of reflects that, obviously. Right? Things are a lot more pointed, but uh, people seem yeah. to people seem to like it. Uh, but how long? How much longer I'm going to do it? I don't. 
it must take a lot out of you. It's also like it's an emotional energy to put into that kind of thing. Well, and that's that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean the, the same reasons why I left real journalism is probably the same things that are going to make me leave walking music. Right? It's that it's it's still like I now that I get into the the sort of business side of things, and because I do mm. I do now I, I do more comedy writing, right? I'm going to leave that eventually behind. It does feel because you still have to. In order to get the fodder, you've got to go through the news. Right? So it's, it, in many ways, it's as if I haven't left journalism. And it was funny, like the first two years of walking real news, I was still very much parallel to to real news. It feels like work, but it's also it's it is so heavy, right? Like, because again, like a guy on Twitter said, he called it sad lol, sad s sad lol. Like that's how he described it. That was the hashtag that he described walking real news, and that's true. That's that's really what it is in a lot of ways. It's sort of yeah. a funny brand, right? I wish it would. I wish it could be more straight up humorous, but I don't think I would want to. Yeah, you you have to deal with kind of the heaviness of the content. Like you know, you can inject humor into it, but at the end of the day, there's yeah a lot of very serious, very heavy, very difficult issues. And that was yeah, and that was one of the things. Like we talked about, like it's often associated with humor, but there are some stuff that I've done where it's just a reaction. Mm -hmm. It may be absurd, but it was never meant to be um, laugh out loud funny, right? Right. You know, there was a couple of stories about the liberals and and their reaction and their, you know, the stuff they've done with child and family services, the, the way that they've gone to court, residential school survivors, like some of those headlines I've used for that. Are, are not funny. They're actually not funny. They're very grim, right? And that's that's kind of the point. Um, yeah. So I, I think, like we talked about it very early on, I think sometimes satire doesn't have to be funny. Yeah. I think it just has to be a reaction to it, right? Yeah, it's it's that, that critique aspect. That makes me think about, you know, where is the line between satire and news content and you know throughout this conversation you've used the idea of like real journalist a few times and you know where do you draw that line how did you see a distinct shift from when you were real journalisting to to when you were yeah 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 yeah. I mean for one thing like I don't feel the need like there was a healthy it's not even both sides it's it's sort of like you do have to give the other side an opportunity to respond to whatever Whereas with Walking Eagle News, mm-hmm. it's such a huge relief to not do that, to just make it up, right? To just say, like, <laughs> this is whatever, or to be purposely imbalanced, right? I, I do understand the need for balance, right? All I do is just sort of parrot. And a lot of times, I'm sure some of my former copy editors will disagree, right. but I think, like, for the most part, it's written almost as, it's written exactly as the way it would have been had I been a realtor. Act like it uses the exact same format, sort of this modified yeah. Canadian press style. That's that's how I still write. Why did you decide to keep it that sort of style? I found it really funny. I don't know why. I don't know what it was about seeing something. It's, I mean, I guess it's the same way that the Onion is. Yeah. Some of the way, like some of the things that I've laughed the most at on the Onion are not even the political ones. There was one. It's just where they take something very mundane and write about it as if it's like a very serious. Yeah, there was one where I think it was some mother in the Midwest 
was worrying whether she bought enough dinner rolls for their Easter dinner, right? And, and just the way it was written, I just thought, this is so, so funny, right? Um, yeah. And so that, to me, something about that format was very funny because what I used to do when I was getting trained in how to write that way at CBC was we would have to do these exercises and write sort of fake articles, but I would always put a humorous end on mine, right? And so that, in many ways, those were sort of the, you know, the beginnings of Walking Eagle News, these little articles that I, that I didn't really say, yeah. but I just sort of like, there was just something funny about it. I don't know what it is. Just something about that that sort of like the, the, the fake gravitas of news language, right? It's so very funny to me. Yeah, gravitas is the exact word I was thinking of as you're describing that. Yeah. And it was also like, I, I give my, I have an older brother named Monty, and when we were kids, he used to mimic used to watch the news because I've, I've, I've watched the news most of my life. And we used to watch it too. And I remember we were like, I grew up in a community called Hollow Water. And I remember when we were there, when we were kids, my brother mimicking the reporters on CBC, right. but talking about stuff that was happening. Was so funny. And then he would even like, like um, the behavior and the language of TV reporters. So he would like, Fontaine, CBC News. <laughs> and he would like say some First Nation somewhere in Manitoba. It was so funny to me when I was a kid. And that sort of stuck with me too. Growing up, that, that sort of mimicry of news has always been fun. That's that's kind of where it came from. That's really cool, and and to see that kind of go back to when when you and your brother were consumers of this information, to see that sort of percolate and come up. Yeah, like taking it. Yes, take, taking the language of news and sort of twisting it, stuff like that. I think has always been built in sense of humor i love it many years of experience there that's awesome (laughs) Um, that is that is so so interesting i really appreciate it and it makes me think then about the the dreaded fake news term um which obviously there's a a whole lot to dig into and we don't have time to go through all of what is fake news but do you have any thoughts about the relationship between satire versus like disinformation yeah i mean it's weird right like it, it's i almost embraced that term when it first started circulating because i thought well it's kind of what i do i mean it's not there's nothing real about what i do here but then at the same time it is it is mm-hmm. it's become an attack right but it is in some ways the different side of the same coin maybe yeah. because what i'm doing is taking the news which is often not written from our point of view and i'm putting it in our point of view and, um but it's yeah it's dangerous because uh you do see, like yellow journalism, they call it. Yeah. Uh, you pronounce it Breitbart or the dreaded rebel. I mean, the, the, just this sort of like unapologetic, often right wing news, right? Like this is our, this is for them. Like, mm-hmm. I guess it's the same way. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's a funny thing. I remember somebody, I think it was Don Hodgman, who's an American writer, who said that, you know, the right was often accused of not having a sense of satire right like they that that's why there was never a right-wing daily show but he had sort of argued in a weird sort of way that that in many ways trump and all of these things that is their satire that is their sort of because they're twisting the world in their own image and that it's a weird sort of thing right but i guess that's yeah yeah it's a big discussion Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't thought about it in that way. And and yeah. the way you've described satire and what you do in terms of, you know, like 
offering this perspective. Yeah. Like that, that I do see the connection there. Yes. I guess for me, one of the big things is an acknowledgement of like, this is a perspective and like this is meant to be satire i am yeah, yeah. intentionally yeah. giving you this perspective so that you will feel seen that you'll feel connected to so that you'll have a laugh whatever the emotion or connection is which is i think different from creating news stories and presenting them as if they had no bias when in fact they are fabricated yeah although even that like it's there because i think the funny thing about right-wing media is they often don't pretend that they're not trying to be biased. Mm, that's true. Because they'll often they'll often present it, and then their supporters or even they will say like, "This is this is what the left wing doesn't want you to see." Like they've got that sort of like thing to it, right? Like, yeah. Well, the left does it all the time, so we're going to do it too, right? And so there's always that sort of thing going on where I feel like. Other than the legacy media like CBC and CTV and all, they're the ones that are still pretending that there's no sense of bias in their thing, right? And whether it's conscious or unconscious, I think that's the, I mean, maybe that's the distinction is that these smaller ones that are sort of like the Fox News of the world, they're the ones that it's really a conscious bias. They're just not hiding it. But, uh, but I don't think they would see themselves as fake news. Yeah. And I think there's what you've sort of mapped out. There's like the, okay, there's the group of mainstream media. Then there's the left niche, the right niche. There's satire, which may or may not fit in with the left niche or or be its own kind of standalone thing. And then I think there's also like straight up disinformation, which are campaigns to, yeah, yeah, yeah. and separate from news, although sometimes also put on the facade of news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's hard to, and then that's the problem is like, it's hard to, um, if you're not media literate or you're not media savvy, it's very easy to fall prey to that, right? Like I've seen, I see it in, um, Facebook is one of the worst. You go on there and you see people who come from the communities that would be vilified by those publications sharing those articles because it's sort of, maybe they agree with something in it. Like I've seen Indigenous people share Ontario proud or far right-wing British things, right? Because, you know, they're afraid of the world, right? They have this, something says something about whether it's immigrants or whatever it is mm -hmm. or or. COVID-19, I mean, that's the big one now, right? Something in there connected with them and they share this without knowing that, you know what, the people that run that thing probably don't like you. And here you are sharing, right? Mm -hmm. And my problem too with Walking Eagle News is that uh, you would be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't be surprised, that how many people believe this stuff is fact, no matter how outlandish it is. Like I wrote an article, uh, it's an older article that I reshared recently that I hate that term, you know, there, there's only one race, the human race. People will often say that to Indigenous people. But the article for Walking Eagle was that all Indigenous people in the country have acted. We're, we're no longer Indigenous people because somebody online, and we took it to heart and said, okay, well, I guess we're just humans now. And every time I share that article, someone gets mad. No, this isn't happening. This, you know, and it's so absurd that anybody would, you know, but at the same time, you realize, like, because things are, you can see why it's so easy to manipulate that when you 
make it look a little bit like real news, then people will fall for it. Right. So there, there is a there is a danger and a risk to what it is that I do that I'm very well aware of, and I'm glad that most people will try and correct those people in the mentions and say like, it's not it's not real, it's not it's not an actual article. Relying on the wider social media community to get back in there and be like, yeah, no. to sort of think, <laughs> say, yeah, like no, 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 yeah, like because that was like the only walking news story that I ever pulled was one about the MMIWG inquiry. I still think it's a funny article. I wouldn't share it again, but what happened was again, because it looks like legitimate news. Some families of, of MMIWG saw that article. Like that's, that's again, the responsibility of that I wish some um, real media would have. Yeah. And, you know, they write articles that are harmful. Yeah, because at some point, if you recognize that your work has had an unintended consequence, you, you have to make a choice of, do I continue yeah. to let this be a problem or yeah. do I shift what I've done? Yeah. Yeah. And they have, and again, those weird rules that only people in the media, when I think about some of the big media, they have policies that they will, it's so rare that they actually pull, outright pull. They can amend it. They can tweak the headline. But they very rarely pull a story, no matter how harmful it is, right? It has to be like egregiously wrong. Right. But oftentimes, while they're hemming and hawing and mulling, that original story is still circulating. And at that point, it's it's made its mark, right? Right. All right. We are coming up on time. Before we end, I've got one last question for you. Uh, and I'm wondering if you can define for us what satire is from your perspective yeah like again satire doesn't always have to be funny i think it just has to hold power to account looks at things in the world the status quo and says maybe not right that's this is actually what that looks like that's that's my definition set that's fantastic thank you yeah i think that really pinpointing the like holding holding up a different perspective and saying the dominant view is not is not it yeah yeah all right well thank you so much this was wonderful i really appreciate you taking the time no thank you thank you for having me appreciate it all right that was our episode on political satire thank you so much for listening if you'd like to learn more about political satire the walking eagle news or any of the other things we talked about on today's episode you can check the show notes or head over to paulcomtech.ca for more links this special season on media and digital literacy is funded in part through a connection grant from the social sciences and humanities research council of canada and the digital citizen initiative